Okay, here's some stats, some numbers that caught our eye on this Thursday. The uh, beer store reporting a $13 million shortfall for 2019. What is going on? What is happening? Why is the beer store not profitable? Let's ask uh, Carl Littler, who is with the Retail Council of Canada. He joins us now here on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Carl, good afternoon. Thanks for coming on. Thank you. All right, first off, what is happening? What's uh, going on? Why is the beer store, why are they losing money? Well, I'm not an expert in the beer store's own economics. What I can tell you is that uh, the move uh, to sell in um, grocery stores has been you know, a pretty big success. Uh, consumers like the option to buy beer uh, and, and wine, for that matter, when they, uh, you know, when they pick up their food. And, uh, and so, obviously, uh, the convenience and the choice and maybe the customer experience is what's uh, pulling more and more people to buying their beer in grocery. Yeah, just digging into these stats a little further, not only a $13 million shortfall last year for the beer store, but apparently uh, before you could buy it in corner stores, uh, the beer store had 90% of the retail market. That's now down to 63% at uh, beer store locations in 2019 uh, where people picked up their beer. So that's a substantial uh, drop. And again, uh, you believe that's just due to convenience. Convenience and choice and, and customer experience. You know, not all of, I mean, the beer stores that make some steps to improve their environment, but it was, you know, pretty institutional for a long time. So I think that, uh, you know, people are somewhat more attracted. You know, you, you're still getting stuff from the back for the most part, whereas you walk into a grocery store, all of your options are in front of you. We're also much bigger promoters of craft beer. Um, they sell about 2% craft beer, and we sell between 20 and 30%. So obviously, there's a lot more sort of choice on offer. Uh, it's not that they don't have it in the back of the beer store. They just really don't promote uh, craft beer to the same degree. Yeah. Do you think, and I know you're not in the business of giving out free advice, and maybe free, free advice to the beer store in particular here, Carl, but I think you hit on a really key point. The beer store really feels like if you go in there, like I'm just kind of walking into a warehouse. Yeah, I, I think that's right. And I, I think they are making some investments. You know, there are some fridges in there now with a few options, but, you know, it's pretty scanty compared to what you would see in a grocery store environment. You know, I, I also, you know, you shouldn't shed too many tears for the beer store here. The beer store is not, you know, not a government-owned entity. It is a privately-owned entity of the uh, largest brewers. Um, they're the ones who are selling much, making much of this beer and selling much of this beer, and ultimately this is just a subsidiary of theirs. So in the end, if they're selling beer through grocery stores, um, they're still making money on that beer. So do you think that there's much of an impetus to, I don't know, try to resurrect the beer store from uh, you know these uh, providers? Because whether they're selling it through their own store, the beer store, or through other retail outlets, such as uh, you mentioned, grocers or uh, the corner store, I mean, at the end of the day, they're still selling their product. I mean, you know, they're pretty happy with it. It allows them to have a very tight distribution system where they basically, they make it, they set the price, they deliver it to themselves, and then they sell it on at the retail price. So it's a bit sort of Soviet era. Um, that is obviously an option for them to continue. I guess what I would say is this. These are international companies. You know, Coors uh, basically owns Molson at this point. They're based in Colorado. Um, so Bat's owner is based in Belgium, uh, and you can go into any corner store in Colorado or Belgium or any grocery store and buy your beer there. So, you know, uh, we are an anomaly having had a system that was basically a warehouse monopoly for a great many years and then a little bit of traction at LCBO and obviously more recently in grocery. But the weird configuration is the one on which the beer store has relied for decades. 
Yeah, there's so much hand-wringing going on, of course, uh, when it came to uh, beer and uh, wine in uh, the corner store and in uh, grocery stores. And it took, uh, as you just mentioned, Carl, so long for it to, to come to this uh, province and have been in other provinces for a while and certainly, uh, you know, in the States and, and around the world. Uh, does this, uh, the fact that the now only 63% is compared to 90% of beer being sold at the uh, beer store, is that proof that this change is successful and was maybe long overdue? Certainly from our perspective, that's the case. I mean, you know, as I say, you can go just about anywhere in the world and buy beer, um, you know, at a corner or a grocery store. So I don't know why we would be so different. If anything, their 63% is probably bolstered by the fact that they still have exclusive rights to 12s and 24s and larger pack sizes. I think if they didn't have that, you know, the, the shift would be greater still. But they, as part of the framework agreement, and certainly something we think should be changed, kept for themselves the 12s and the 2-4s. Uh, it's not just a convenience issue. There's also a price issue where it's slightly cheaper per bottle or per can in that configuration. Yeah, is that something the Retail Council of Canada, are you actively uh, pursuing uh, the opportunity to sell uh, larger quantities? We are, absolutely. We, we think it's kind of crazy that they set the price, but then they keep a special price per bottle or can for themselves. Yeah, is that just part of the the evolution? Is that the next logical step? And then uh, after that, uh, let me ask you, I mean, we've talked about beer, wine. Uh, what about hard liquor? So, you know, I think that there are, um, certainly Spirit of Canada has that view. I don't think there's a fundamental reason why we couldn't do that. I mean, we do so successfully with wine. There are a few issues with uh, hard liquor that would have to be addressed. Um, you know, there's a significant uh, shrinkage problem in, in, in some communities across the country. Um, you know, it's, it, it tend, the liquor jurisdictions tend to be targeted for hard liquor. So we'd need to think about the security aspects of that and the personal safety aspects. But in theory, there's no reason why, you know, we couldn't uh, we couldn't do that as well. Yeah, what has the biggest challenge been uh, for retailers from uh, what you've heard uh, from uh, people, uh, from uh, business uh, owners? I mean, there's a lot of talk, of course, about making sure that people uh, were properly uh, ID'd and were of age to, uh, you know, get beer, to to get wine. Has that been a a major challenge? No, not in the slightest. And, I mean, you know, we take that every bit as responsibly. And, you uh, you know, we don't represent the preponderance of convenience store owners, but they, you know, they have, for example, lottery tickets. They still sell tobacco products. I mean, they're pretty good at checking for ID and so on. So that's not like only those who work in the beer store know how to do a proper ID check. I think the biggest barrier is, frankly, the price structure. So if you look at Quebec and Ontario as comparisons, even when you strip out the taxes, because the taxes are different, you know, a case of beer is $5 more expensive in Ontario than it is in Quebec. Uh, And the reason for that is that the... Brewery near Monopoly essentially is able to force those charges onto Canadian grocers because uh, we don't have a truly competitive system. And um, so, you know, there's probably some limit to the amount of offering at grocery level, if only because the margins are so tight. If we had a truly open market and grocers were actually able to negotiate with brewers as to the prices that we paid, then we could, among other things, lower prices, and we wouldn't have that price gap that shows that, you know, a case of beer costs $5 more in Ontario than it does in Quebec. All right. uh, Yeah, the margins might be tight, but let me ask you this. Are there spin-off effects when it comes to having beer uh, available in the uh, corner store? Are, you know, retailers seeing increased foot traffic and are people coming in and picking up uh, not only beer, but uh, chips and whatever else? 
Yeah, I mean, I think, frankly, that's a, you're absolutely on the money. Um, you know, the margins on beer for grocers are actually very, very thin, um, and it's suggested that some grocers actually lose money on the beer itself, but then somebody buys beer, and, or a wine for that matter, and they pick up uh, something for dinner, um, then that's, uh, you know, that's a significant added bonus. It's kind of like Costco with those rotisserie chickens, right? They're, they're so cheap, <laughs> but they're at the uh, back corner of the store for a reason. <laughs> I am not even going to yeah. comment on that, okay. although I am a Costco member. <laughs> <laughs> Carl, appreciate the time, and uh, good to talk with you as always. Thank you. There goes Carl Littler, who is with the Retail Council of Canada.